Welcome to the Exit Coach Radio Show, the show for baby boomer business owners who are looking for cutting-edge information as they plan their 3- to 10-year business succession and exit. Every week, we interview top professional advisors for their best tips, strategies, and precautions so you can be well-planned. And don't miss our one-minute Exit Coach Tip of the Day on ExitCoachRadio.com. And now, here's your host, the Exit Coach, Bill Black. Welcome. Thanks so much for listening. Uh, You're going to want to grab a pencil or a pen and a pad of paper. You're going to want to take notes from my next guest. I've seen him speak. Uh, uh, My next guest is John Deany from MPN Incorporated in San Antonio, Texas. Uh, John has authored Beating the Boomer Bust, Eleven, uh, also eleven things you should, you absolutely need to know about selling your business. Now in its second edition, and hunting in a farmer's world. Again, I've heard John speak, and you're going to want to hang on to your hats here as he t- we talk about beating the boomer bust. So, John, I hope that's a good introduction to you. Welcome to the show. Thanks for joining us today. Well, thanks for having me, Bill. That's a lot to live up to. I'm scared now. <laughs> well, you should be. No, I'm just kidding. You're, you know, you give a you give a great presentation. Uh, we were both at the uh, BEI, which for our listeners who don't know, BEI is the kind of the premier exit planning group out there in, in the country, or, or at least one of them. And uh, you gave a great presentation, and everybody was taking copious notes, and there was a lot of uh, uh, wide eyes, let's say, in the house when you talked about the boomer bust. And so, John, before we get into what the Boomer Bust is, tell our listeners a little bit about you and your background and and how you came to get into this business. Well, um, I'm, uh, as it says on the flyleaf of my latest book, people call me a serial entrepreneur, but I'm really just chronically unemployable. Uh, (laughs) I've owned my own companies for well over 30 years. Uh, I've been a business coach and a peer advisory group facilitator for almost 20 years. Um, and I got into business brokerage about 10 years ago and found, as so many of us have uh, when we're counseling small business owners, that they would call and say, I'm ready to sell my company. And we'd go in and look at it and say, oh, you're so not ready to sell. Uh, you know, your business isn't at all prepared. So I began looking at mechanisms to help them prepare and help them to get out with more money and, you know, in, with a better lifestyle than so many of them I saw were just taking notes from employees uh, and financing the deal. And, you know, I think every time I say this, I think of this pizzeria I patronize about a mile away from my office here. And I've seen the poor guy leave and come back three times, uh, you know, because he keeps selling the selling the business to somebody and, and taking a note for it. And sure enough, six months later, the place is run down and it's dirty and nobody's going there anymore. And he comes back and he's not getting paid on the note and he's got to build it back up again. And that's just a horrible way to you know, have one foot in retirement. So right. um, I came across BEI and I trained in the BEI method of planning. And I'm a little bit different than, than many of the other BEI folks who are CPAs and attorneys and financial planners. I'm an ops guy. I've run manufacturing and distribution companies for most of my life, and I come at exit planning from the company aspect. I, you know, is your business going to support your plan? We can plan all day long, and you can tell your plan, your financial person that your business is worth $5 million, but I'm the one that comes in and takes a look at it and sees whether 
you know, your management team is going to support it, whether your whether your systems are going to support it, whether your process is going to support it, and you're going to be able to get that kind of money out of your company. Well, that's very important because if you look at a business as a money machine, which of course is what they ultimately are, uh, it takes someone who's who's got their hands dirty in the in the inner workings of that machine to know, you know, whether it's going to really work. Because, like you said, you don't want to be the guy that is come is selling their business for a song and a prayer, but they haven't analyzed whether it'll it'll support them in their retirement, and they get it back uh, in shambles. That's that's just a shame. So yes, yeah, it's terrible. Yeah, and so from a you said something earlier about in the the business brokerage business that you see a lot of businesses that are just not ready for sale. A lot of people are ready to sell, but their businesses are not ready for sale. What what does that translate into numbers wise or percentage wise of say the number of deals that the average business broker sees? Oh gosh, um, at least a third, at least a third. Um, you know, we have, and, and that's in my other book, not the one we're discussing today, but 11 Things About Selling Your Business. We talk about the dismal Ds. And I don't broker actively anymore. I only do exit planning now. But, um, you know, you, they come in, and when a broker gets a deal, uh, when, somebody, when somebody is, and I hate to put it this way, but when somebody is reduced to looking on the Internet for a local broker and a phone number that they can call to get rid of their business, they're suffering from the dismal D's, almost inevitably. Um, and there's 10 of them, and I can't remember them all offhand. But it's it's dissension among the partners, disinterest by the owner, uh, declining sales, divorce, death, disease. There, there's a few others, but none of them are very happy. And, uh, you know, that's typically what brokers have. When you find when an owner calls you in and says, I'm burned out, there's an axiom among the brokerage community that says if you look at the guy's financials, he burned out four, four years ago, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. and it shows, you know. Um, mm-hmm. And that's why, you know, I, I love the BEI methodologies because we help people plan and logically approach the exit as not something you do when you get rid of it. Um, you know, it's not just a matter of getting out of your company. It's a matter of moving on to the next stage of your life and and having a personal vision for what you want to do after you're the owner of this company. And for so many small business owners, they're so associated with their company, it's difficult to even think about that scenario. Good point. Good point. So what's happening with the baby boomers? Why are they different than the generations that preceded them and, and the ones that follow them, of course? We've got to worry about them, too. <clears throat> Yeah, it's it's fascinating when you think about it. Uh, what I say about the boomers is we were raised with scarcity in a time of abundance. Hmm. There were so many of us that as workers entering the workforce, and don't forget, when we entered the workforce, many, many more boomers went to college. So there was about a six-fold increase in college-educated workers in a very short period of time, about a 15-year period of time. And we brought women into the workforce in untold numbers. From during the course of the boomers maturing, hitting their 20s and 30s, we brought an extra 50 million bodies into the workforce in mm. females, and mm-hmm. that's a tremendous economic generator. the 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 economy of the United States was doing great because we had lots of lots more workers and lots more consumers. And that's wonderful for an economy. The problem was, as boomers went out to chase the brass ring, there were 10 of us looking for every brass ring. 
you know, and that was the scarcity. We had many more college-educated people competing for the same corporate jobs. And corporate America couldn't grow six- or eight-fold overnight, couldn't increase their workforce. So many of us actually at a ratio about two-and-a-half to three times the generations before or after us, Bill, many of us went into business for ourselves because it was the Mm -hmm. only way we could get an executive income uh, without being able to latch onto that corner suite in a Fortune 500. We fueled the creation and growth of franchising, which is, a, which is a boomer phenomenon, where I can bring somebody in and say, I'll make you an owner, put some money down, show me that you're willing to work very hard, work long hours, because especially in retail, we all know how difficult retail is, um, and you can make an executive salary even though you're not an executive. And boomers latched onto that in in many, many, you know, in droves. We, uh, mm-hmm. we as you, you saw the presentation, when I do the presentation, in, in the time from the boomers, when the boomers turned 30 years old, started turning 30 years old, in 10 years we saw a 250% increase in the annual formation of small businesses in the United States. And it stopped as the boomers got into their 40s. It was all boomers that did it. It hasn't happened since. Mm-hmm. And now all those boomers are getting ready to leave. And they're, not only is the following generation much smaller, Gen Xers are, are only about 60% of the size of the boomer generation, but corporate, there's, corporate America has lots of room for them now. They can offer all of them the, coll- the corner suite. Um, they can also offer them the kind of benefits that we as business owners can't offer and, and, and usually don't even see for ourselves. They can offer them, you know, flex time, job sharing, family medical leave, sabbaticals, uh, telecommuting, transportable benefits, stuff that small business can't possibly match. And, you know, the third factor is that generation has been raised by us, uh, not coincidentally, to focus on quality of life first and not to identify with what they do as their whole persona the way boomers do. And boomers don't understand it. We think it's worth work ethic. We think that Gen X and the millennials are just lazy. They're not lazy. They have different values than us. And they have options now, like you say. So they're looking at – they might be looking at their, their parents and saying, you never – had time to come to my soccer game as a, as a kid because right. you were always working and I don't want that to happen to my kids. Uh, so I'm going and and you know let's face it, hey when when uh, I was just talking to a business owner today, John, 30 years ago you didn't have the internet, you didn't have email, you didn't have the ability to showroom online, you didn't have a lot of the technology that people have today. They were mired in this old school kind of a, a physical environment. It's changed a lot. So. Uh, it, it makes oh, it a lot has. of sense. Yeah, and the, and the the brick and mortar businesses, especially retail franchising, that we built and operated, uh, are are consumer customer convenience driven. You know, and you ask a you ask a younger person today, you know, do you want a business where you have to be there when the customer says you have to show up at seven in the morning, you don't go home till eight o'clock at night, or you have to be on call or they you dispatch yourself to their home and they're not interested. I had I had a I was speaking as you know you've seen me I speak around the country on this and I was speaking in South Carolina 
and I had a group of business owners, unusual group. It was about 50-50 Gen X and boomers. Mm -hmm. And I asked Gen X, I said, you're all entrepreneurs. Every single one of you owns a business. Do you consider yourself aggressive entrepreneurs? And they all nodded their heads. I said, okay, I'd like to tell you about a business opportunity where you can make a massive amount of money. Who's interested? They all raised their hands. They said, go for it. I said, okay, all I need from you is a promise that you'll work 50 or 55 hours a week for the next 20 years. And they all started laughing. They all started laughing. And I said, (laughs) what are you laughing at? And they said, we're not going to do that. And I said, I haven't even told you what the business is yet. They said, we don't care. We are not taking on that kind of lifestyle. I said, okay. I turned to the baby boomers in the room and I said, how many of you have worked 50 or 55 hours a week for the last 20 years? They all raised their hands. Mm -hmm. I said, how are you Mm -hmm. going to sell your businesses to these people? They have no Mm -hmm. interest. Wow. That illustrates it in a nutshell right there, doesn't it? Sure. No, it's a powerful illustration, and that's why I keep using it. I was lucky, of course. I did it on the fly, and it worked out. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it worked (laughs) out. I wonder if go back, you know, turn the clock and go back, how many many baby boomers would have accepted the lifestyle if they knew what was – uh, you know what was in it for them, but again, they had different choices to make back in that time frame. Do you go to the office and be an employee and work your way up the ladder that may have a a low ceiling at, at the in the job you're taking, or do you start your own thing when we were in the land of opportunity? Yeah, it was a, it was a different it was a different equation. You're very right, Bill. It was a different equation for boomers. Um, we did not want to be the man in the gray flannel suit. We didn't want 30 years and the gold watch. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We wanted more. And just as we believe, raised our kids to believe that they can have a better quality of life and better balance, our parents raised us to believe we could be anything. I mean, as a boomer, I know I heard it. I think every person my age, and I was born in the early 50s, every person my age heard it around the dinner table, you could grow up to be president. Mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. that was the atmosphere in the 50s and 60s. You, you know, we were raised to believe we could do anything. And we came to accept that as our birthright, mm-hmm. that we will have the big house and we will have the nice car. Great point. So what's what does it look like now? I mean, how do, how can a baby boomer uh, beat this this bust, this, this situation? Because, of course, uh, for our listeners that, are, that aren't aware, all baby boomers are over age 50 now. They're between, what, 52 and, say, 67, 68 years old. So they're, they're all starting to think about uh, alike, you know, that, that retirement is ahead or a new life is ahead or I'm going to got to get out of my business at some point. How do they start to prepare to beat this this bust? Okay, well let's okay, let me let me just start with one line about not preparing. Um the the majority and pretty much the great majority of boomers that I talk boomer business owners that I talk to are still living with a vision of I'll work until I'm tired of working and that probably won't be 65 because we're healthier than previous generations but I'll work until I'm tired of working and then I'll find some young ambitious person just like me who's willing to work as hard as I do and he will fund my retirement by giving me a lot of money for the opportunity to run my company that's not going to happen People aren't there. They don't have the money. Remember, this is a generation that's walking out of college with thirty or forty thousand dollars of debt usually, mm-hmm. um, and they don't want to. They don't want to put in that kind of work. So, you know, 
there's there's so many people that are going to be very very disappointed. You know, there there are two two choices really. If you if you want to sell your business to a third party, you've got to start building a business that these generations are going to be interested in, which means it can't be from 8 in the morning till 7 at night. It can't be a 55 or 60 hour a week. It can't be all consuming and it can't be totally dependent on you. Now I know that's much easier said than done. But nonetheless, and at the end we can we've got an assessment where you can look at some some of this stuff online and it's free. Um but you know, I know that it's like I said, it's easier said than done, but that's what it's going to have to be if you want to attract outside buyers. The other alternative and we do it a lot in BEI and it's my specialty is you can sell it to employees because they understand the business, they know how to run it, they're confident in its ability to be sustainable, and they may not want to work as hard as you do, but you can sell it to a few of them and they can share the workload uh, that you hold. And that takes three to five years at least, as you know, Bill, of planning. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, in BEI, we constantly, you know, we know the owners always come back and say, oh, but they have no money. And we know that there are methodologies to get around that and get equity into the hands of the owners and let the owner leave with complete control until the day he gets his money. Um, And that's what I've come to specialize in because there just aren't enough buyers out there for everybody to sell it to a third party. Agreed. Uh, most most smaller businesses are going to have to buy themselves out in some way, shape, or form. That, that what I mean by that is their business is going to have to come up with the cash to buy them out because most of their buyers are going to be key employees or others who don't have the the cash available to buy them out. And and they used to have home equity and things like that, but a lot of that went away for a lot of people. So the business has to be back to back to our earlier point. The business has to be a well-oiled cash flow machine. Sure. And and that's the only place the money's going to come from as you just said. We um you know, we could we could do about 500 shows on the influence of television. But, you know, in the in the early 80s, uh we began to see massive advertising from the financial industry, uh, the credit card industry in particular, saying, don't be foolish. You know, smart people don't save up until they can afford something. They buy it now and enjoy it while they're paying for it. And that has completely changed the way people manage their paycheck. And the two generations behind us have been brought up with that since birth. You buy it now and then you pay for it over time. And they only look at a paycheck as something to cover payments. And mm. those people are not going to be coming up with a lot of cash to buy companies. Great points, John. So so your book uh, covers a lot of the, these points. and ta- It talks about the baby boomer, the, the boomer bust, number one. Who should buy the book? Should any, any baby boomer or should Gen Xers understand this too to see what their opportunities are in the future? Who should buy the book? I think they can. And actually, um, Beating the Boomer Bust is a free ebook now. Um, if they go to my website, johnfdini.com, they can just download the book and they're welcome to. Oh, that's fantastic. I think it's, I think it's that important. <laughs> well, that I, I, that's, I, I applaud that, John. I think getting this information into the hands of people helps business owners and helps our economy, the, you know, the fabric of our economy is these small business owners. So they go to johnfdini.com, and that's where they'll find that and probably a lot of other information, I would imagine. Yeah, what they'll find my there? other books, and they'll find a connection to my weekly blog for business owners. 
And uh, the assessment I mentioned is at exitmap.com. There's a 22-question assessment where they'll get a report that'll look at finance and operations in their company and tell them how well positioned they are to start a planning process. That's fantastic. So, so someone who says, I don't know, you know, I don't know what I don't know, but I want to start based on what I'm hearing. I want to get started on my own just to kind of test the waters and see what I need to figure out here. There's tremendous amount of resources at, at johnfdini.com or at exitmap.com where our listeners can go and learn and, and study and hear about, you know, learn about all of this kind of stuff and then decide whether they want to engage someone to help them or not. Yes, I think the you know the John F. Dini site will give them the lay of, the Boomer Bus book will give them the lay of the land, tell them what's coming, and the uh, exit map assessment will tell them where they fit in there, and what That's it looks fantastic. like on a on a more micro basis. And, and listeners, if you get a chance to hear John Dini speak, take it and take a notepad with a lot of open space on it because you're going to take <laughs> a lot of notes. John, it's a fantastic service that you're providing and I really applaud your efforts and and building you know letting people know about the awareness you're you're a terrific speaker and I really appreciate the information you've shared today but we've just scratched the surface so I hope to have you back on the show sometime soon so we can go deeper on this topic I'd love to and thank you very much for inviting me to be on Bill I really enjoyed it great job Uh, we're going to take a short break we're going to be right back after this so please stay with us Does thinking about what will happen to your business if you're gone keep you awake at night? Will you get the price you need from your business to carry you through retirement? The BEI Network of Exit Planning Professionals is the world's leading advisor network with the power to help business owners transition out of business on their own timeline and terms. Ask your most trusted advisor to create a BEI plan for you or visit us at ExitPlanning.com. That's ExitPlanning.com. You're listening to ExitCoachRadio.com, the information station for age 50-plus business owners, where we're interviewing top advisors for their best tips, ideas, and precautions so you can be well-planned. We upload new one-minute tips every day. ExitCoachRadio.com. Come listen for a minute. Thank you for listening to Exit Coach Radio. 